Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. The title of my message, my, my little talk, it's not really a full sermon. I just want to, again, I want to speak from the heart, shoot from the hip. Rebecca's just going to play, with, play the piano with us here today. I'm just, just going to be really raw and real. But the title of my talk is this. I can see clearer now. Last year is gone. I can see clearer now. You know that one? Anyway, now you're going to have that in your head. I can see clearer now. Last year is gone. Last year is gone. I have three things that we need to be sure that we can see right now that I think have hopefully come into scope or into view for you over the last 12 months. And if not, my hope and my job today is to bring real clarity to three areas. I want you to see something that's hard. I'm going I'm to let you see some hope and I'm going to let you see some help today. I give you my three points right up front. I want you to see what's hard. I want you to see the hope. I want you to see the help. And we're going to get some clarity and look back and look forward today together. So here, here's the first thing. We're not going to be long, but it's going to be important. So lean in, pay attention, take notes, write this in your journal because this day is very important. And I believe God is setting us up uh, for what he wants to do in this season. Here's the first thing I think we need to get some clarity on. And that is what's been hard about this past year. And I want us to get clarity that that we need to know and we need to have been able to, because of last year, see the previously imperceived. Uh, Last year, really, these two words, and I released them January 2019 about revelation and refinement. Last year really was a year of revelation and refinement, wasn't it? I mean, I think for every single person, it was a year of revelation and refinement. And what these things have done, it's allowed us to see some things that exist that we didn't know were there beforehand. Now, 2020 was hard in its own right, and it has caused a lot of pain. There's been a lot of things that have happened to a lot of us throughout the year. Loss, struggle, disappointment, setbacks, mistakes, just painful things that we've gone through. Uh, but I think the hardest part, if you, you, you might disagree, but I don't think you will if you just stay with me. I think the hardest part of 2020 hasn't been the, the hardships that we've gone through, although that's been, been raw and real. Probably the hardest part has been what the hardship has revealed. That the crisis that we've gone through, not just the pandemic, but all the stuff that's come with it. And then you have your own things going on in your own life. I think that perhaps the hardest part, the most difficult part of 2020 has not been what 2020 brought, but what 2020 revealed. It showed us the truth about some things. It revealed some harsh, hidden reality, didn't it? It showed some things that were previously imperceivable things that you weren't able to see, things that you were unaware. Not just in your life, you, you, we see it in the world. There's some things that, I mean, our bubble bursts, some of our delusions burst. We, we got a vision of the world now that's a little more raw, a little more real, and it's a little more ugly, I think, in some ways. I think it reveals some things in the church too, didn't it? Now, I don't know why we as Christians find this surprising, but we do, but Jesus told us, hey, listen, everything that's hidden will be revealed. Everything that's concealed will be brought into the light, he said. Paul said it too. Paul said, you know what? The workmanship, when it passes through fire, he says, the workmanship will be revealed and those who build their lives on straw and hay and stubble aren't gonna have a whole lot to show for. 
And it has been a year, if you'll just grant me to be raw. I told you, this, this is going to be the hard part. We're going to get to the hope and the help in a second. But if you'll let me kind of press in so we just make sure that we, we don't miss any of this. It's been a year of ugly truth, hasn't it? It's been a year of ugly truth, revelations. We, we've, it's uncovered some things that were previously hidden. Now, I was thinking about it like this, that... You know, I mean, this is not an exhaustive list, but if I could kind of narrow down what 2020 has revealed, some of the revelations, it has revealed inadequacy, like human insufficiency. Have we ever been less confident in our own ability to deal with the pressures and the, 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 the crisis that we face in, our, in human existence? I mean, that we have been, we have proven that humanity is not at the place with all of our technology, all of our society, all of our governance, all of our opportunity, all of our resource, all of our progress. We have proven that a tiny microscopic invisible enemy can come in and bring us to our knees, a sickness. We have been utterly incapable of dealing with this. It has sent uh, the medical field scrambling. It has sent politicians scrambling. It has sent society scrambling. It has been uh, a real reminder of human inadequacy, hasn't it? I mean, we've seen it. Stock markets reacting. Everything's just kind of in turmoil. And more than that, we've seen a gross inability for us to cope with it well. I think that's been the harder part. It's not just the struggle. It's been, man, we haven't done the best at dealing with this. I mean, you just do a, do a quick Google search. Depression, anxiety, suicide are skyrocketing. Uh, did anybody see uh, Dr. Tam, our, our chief doctor in Canada? She last week said, going, in, going into Christmas and the New Year, she said, hey, everybody, you need to pump the brakes on how much alcohol you are consuming. She said, Canada has an alcohol problem, especially right now. And, and alcoholism has gone through the roof. People are, people are going to the bottle to cope. Pornography consumption has gone through the roof. We've seen domestic violence go through the roof. Child abuse through the roof. I mean, human inadequacy. We have been brought to our knees and we have not done well coping. And, and I would say, listen, it's not just in the world that we've seen that. We, we've seen it in the church, haven't we? Inadequacy, immaturity even. Um, I think we've seen how hard it's been for us. Let's just be real. I'm not picking on any particular person. I think we've been, our level of maturity has been revealed this year. That when you take Sunday service out of the picture, a lot of us didn't have a whole lot left to show for. And there are, I mean, the, the, the conservative data on the church in North America is that 25%, 22 to 30% of the church just disappeared. Because for them, church is going to a place, not a person that you are. And we've seen a lot of, I mean, it's revealed that there are a lot of people who attend church, but not as many people who are disciples. And we've seen it probably if you've, let's just be real raw. And I'm going to push for a minute. Don't tune off. I can't see what, how many of you are signed on right now. Don't tune off. Hang on. It's going to get good. But we got we to gotta deal with reality here for a minute. Let's just be honest about our own inadequacy. How many of you have felt overwhelmed, ill-equipped, anxious, humbled? Like nobody's really walking with a whole lot of swagger right now, are we? And I think it's revealed 
not just inadequacy, but hypocrisy. It showed us areas where we were pretentious and pretending or maybe delusional or maybe projecting a certain image. We've seen it in the world, haven't we? We see it in government. I mean, right now, it's, it's almost fun to see the next politician that gets outed for taking a, taking a trip somewhere, meanwhile telling their people, you gotta stay inside and stay safe. I'm going to the Caribbean. Hypocrisy. We've seen double standards. We've been lied to by politicians. I remember early on, Dr. Fauci telling everybody, don't wear a mask. You don't need to. And then it coming out like a month later that I told you that because we weren't sure that we had enough masks. So what you're really saying is you just lied to everybody. I mean, it's, it's, it's hypocrisy. We've seen it. And I think we've seen it in the church, haven't we? I mean, the moment, the moment that the, the crisis hits and the heat turns up, all of a sudden people who, who would say the right things at the right times, man, fair weather Christians. Let me, just, let me just push a little deeper. I've seen, I've, I've seen hypocrisy in my own life. Not as devoted as I thought. And what is revealed as kind of the, the veil's been pulled back is like a lack of integrity, like a lack of moral character, Christ-likeness. It's, it's shown that. It's not just, we've not just seen that in the government and in the world. I mean, we've seen that in the church, haven't we? Seen that in ourselves. I mean, it's, it's revealed. Like, how many relationships have fallen apart this year? What's happened is the crisis just revealed that your marriage wasn't built to survive in the first place. How many of you lost friends? I mean, the crisis comes along and all it's revealed is that your, your, your friendship wasn't actually that strong. It just showed you the truth about it. And then I think ultimately as the layers get pulled back, it reveals our, our gods. It reveals what our real priorities are what actually matters the most to us, what we actually care about. Listen, what you, what, are your, what you are most concerned with is your God. That which you fear the most is your God. That which you value the most is your God. And I mean, if you just close your eyes and recite to yourself some of the things that you've heard said over the last year, I mean, what are, what are the gods of this age right now? Safety? Like, stay safe. Stay safe. As if, as if safety is the key to life. Or, or, or we've, seen, we've seen new saviors, we need a vaccine. Once we get a vaccine, everything's gonna be okay. Or, or we have to fix the economy. If we can just fix the economy, our priorities have been made visible. And it's really showed, it's just showed the reality. And look, the church hasn't been exempt from it. I mean, we have been just as anxious. Let's just be real, probably just as critical at times, just as selfish bought just as much toilet paper as people who don't believe Jesus is large and in charge and in, in control. It's been hard. And in that, in that revelation though, here's what's happened. It's created a vacuum. I think this is, we're in a great space because it's created a vacuum and it's caused, there's been a correlating hunger, a correlating desire growing people, not just Christians. Everybody are experiencing this at some level right now. Inadequacy, our, our, our bubble of pretension has been burst and there are more people right now just sort of shrugging their shoulders saying, I, I, I'm not big enough for this. 
More people resigned to their own frailty than ever before. And that's not a bad thing, as we'll see in a minute. I mean, how many people right now hunger for authenticity above anything else? Not just in your own life, in others, in politicians, in celebrities. You're like, don't give me that fake crap anymore because I know what's behind it. I need real. I mean, it's caused that, that longing for authenticity. It's, it's caused for a longing for integrity. Like how many of you just wish you did better last year than you actually did? Like I wish I was built better to face a crisis. And it's caused people to search for real answers. Answers beyond what government officials tell you. Answers beyond what some pithy Facebook post says. I think people are so over it. I am. I want something more, something real, something true. This year has brought revelation and it's brought refinement. It's, it's how many of you understand what I'm saying? It's narrowed down. It's narrowed down the things that really matter to you now. There's so much superfluous stuff that just sort of burned off. And now it's just like, you know what? I really need, I need answers. I need to be better. I need life. I need, I need integrity. I need hope. I need authenticity. Like how many of us are like, that's, that's really what matters right now. And right now, Virtually, the entire population of planet Earth are unilaterally dealing with the revelation of their own inadequacy. This year has left us humbled in our view of ourselves and discontented with our options and how we're dealing with it. The reality is everybody is dealing with their own inadequacy and their own humility, their own humbling, The question worth asking today, and this is really what I wanted to circle around, is how? How are you dealing with it? What are you doing? How are you dealing with the reality that has been revealed to you in 2020? That's what I wanted to look back for. I wanted to look at the hard thing because let's just take it for what it is. Let's just take the you that's left. What are you doing with it? I'm convinced of this, that what you do with your humbling and your discontentment is critical to the life you will experience in the months and the years to come. Like this is a holy moment. This is a critical moment. You have clarity right now, clarity of purpose and your response to to this really matters. Some people will turn to increased use of substances. Some people will chase new levels of success. Some people will continue to try to control their circumstances and seek safety. Some people are gonna try to find the next best self-help book a diet. Some people are just going to resign to idleness until this is over. They're going to video game until, you know, this is done. Some people will choose entitlement and self-gratification. If it feels good, do it. Some people will just give way to anger or violence or a critical spirit. Some people will just become a social justice warrior online and just spew venom and criticism all the time or think they're changing the world one post at a time. My question is, how, do, how are you dealing with it? 2020 has revealed and brought refinement and it's brought us to a critical point of decision. Let me share, let me just be real vulnerable for a minute and share my own journey. You know, 2019 was one of the best years of my whole life. Like as far as just feeling good, um, flying high at a a high altitude. I mean, having opportunities and doing well, family's good, work's good, the church is doing awesome. You know, we 
more people connected to our church than ever before. We got to preach to full crowds every weekend. We had campuses and our, our locations and our pastors are doing so good. And I, I was having fun, like getting to travel the world. It's just, it's just, it was just good, good, man. I, I, I was flourishing, I, I think, succeeding at, at a certain level. But 2020 came along and, you know, like the, the shutdown happened. I can still remember in March, you know, being one of the first churches to just respond and say, hey, we, until we get a control of this, where we want to do our part to flatten the curve. Hopefully we'll be back for Easter. And I remember when Easter came and went and just then it started to get real. And I, I started to feel the heat of all this. And so, all of a sudden, some of the things that I used, I was holding getting a lot of value from, a lot of comfort and confidence and control from, started to be pried out of my hands. And it was almost like the whole year, just God removing things from me. And it wasn't just coronavirus and that challenge. There was a bunch of other things, you know, to make it the hardest year of my life. And I know so many of you, you'd say the same thing. But as things got removed and taken away, it started to reveal some things that I didn't know was there. Like a lot of insecurity, lack of integrity, and idols. Like things that I trusted more than Jesus because I could sleep at night. Summer came and it was like, I don't know about you, but summer was just kind of like a reprieve, but not in a good way. It was just sort of like sideways energy. September came, we started to sort of open services back up and I was starting to see some of our people and starting to feel, okay, this feels sort of normal. And then shutdown happens again. And man, it was just like everything that I had, all this fruit of my life was just trimmed away. And I, it was like late October, I was out on the walk and just talking to God. And just said, Lord, I feel like so much of my life is like, Lord, thank you. My marriage is good. My family's good. The things that matter are there, but there's been a lot of things taken away. I remember saying to God, there's not a lot left of me. And it's in that moment, he said, I got you right where I want you. And this verse came to my mind, my spirit, and this is my verse for the year. And I would encourage you to get a verse for the year to hold on to, but this prayer, I was reminded of the prayer of David at the lowest moment of his life where he was smallest he'd ever been. King David. Screw up. Weak. Incapable. And he prayed this prayer and it came to my mind on my walk where he said, create God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. I need your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold with me a willing spirit. Renew a right spirit in me. And the Lord, it's like he said to me that I've got you right where I want you. That's the prayer I was waiting for. I wanted to bring you to the end of yourself. And this 
this, this idea kind of hit me that at the end of yourself is the place where God's great grace begins. Like God cannot heal your pretension. And he cannot heal who you pretend to be. He can't transform who you wish you were, but you actually aren't. He wants to deal with the real you. And he's not afraid of the real you. I don't want to say that. He's far less afraid of the real you than you are. And he invites you to bring yourself to him. And the invitation is if we offer ourselves to him, that's where renewal, if we offer what remains to him, that's when his work of renewal is unleashed. When we humbly offer God what's left, he brings restoration. So I have good news for you today. Like if you are feeling like David and like me, if you're feeling small, insufficient, inadequate, weak, pressed down, drawn back, flattened, unimpressive, God has you right where you want, right where he wants you. It's real. It's you. It's authentic. And he wants to deal with the real you. And here's the good news. When you turn yourself to God, when you say, God, that prayer is a beautiful prayer. When it says like, Lord, there's not a lot left of me and everything that I am. I don't even like all of it, but, but I'm here. I'm still here. And I remember just saying that to the Lord, God, I'm not going anywhere. I remember thinking about the disciples when Jesus said to the crowd, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. And everybody left. But the disciples said, hey, we're not going anywhere. We've, we've, we've bought that. We've, we've sold everything. We're, we're here. Where else will we go? When you pray that prayer and you turn yourself over to God and you say, God, have, have all of me. There's not much, but you can have it. That's where restoration starts to flow, where new life starts to flow. And this is the hope I want you to hear today. And I hope you see it. You need to not just see what was previously imperceivable, but we now need to see the promise that's impending. There is an invitation right now on us like if you are there, if you're in that place where there's like, there's just a stump of my life. I was this tree. I had options and I had schedules and I had all this stuff and that stuff's just blown to bits, but there's this little bit of me left. He wants the remnant. He wants what's left. And this is how God restores. I mean, it's built into creation, isn't it? Think about it. Think about those of you who have a garden. You've got uh, shrubs. What do you do with a shrub in the fall? People who know what they're doing, they hack that thing way down further than it looks healthy, don't they? I mean, they take that thing down to the stump, but that's where the new life gets to grow and it grows bigger and more beautiful than it was before. Think about a forest fire. Forest fire, I mean, if you take a glance at it, it looks like it laid waste to the whole forest, but in actuality, it's this ultimate refresher and God starts to build new life through what remains. That's what he does. You see it in nature, you see it in scripture. Think about, think about the ways that God has moved through scripture. I mean, we don't have time to do a whole study today, but you think about Noah. God wants to bring renewal to humanity. He does it through a remnant, through one pure family that's left, that's heart still belongs to him. Think about Gideon and the 300. God shaved the army of Israel down to just 300 men who, who had the faith to fight. You think about uh, like uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000. That's the best one. What happened is one boy's lunch. But if it's submitted to God, the remnant, God multiplies it. And that's what he does. He brings new life through a remnant. He brings new life through a remnant. There's a rhythm to renewal. 
it looks like this, a crisis hits. Good news, you've already had the crisis. I mean, it might not be done, but it's, it's happening anyway. You're in it, the fire's on. What happens in the crisis is this removal, revelation, and refinement. And if you will turn to God with what's left, with the remnant, with repentance, he brings renewal every single time. You look through uh, revival history in the church. It's every single time. You've seen a great move of God that's followed a crisis. And then a remnant of the church says, you know what? This is a moment where I'm not going to turn back to small false gods. I'm turning to the one true God. I'm submitting myself afresh and anew to Jesus. I'm crying out for him to do a new work because I know I'm inadequate to help myself. And when they turn to God, that's when you see these great acts of renewal. So my question to you is, why is this good news? Well, it's good news because I think the world, the church, you, me, we probably are better positioned for a great work of renewal than we have been in our whole lifetime. Unless maybe like your, your, your great-grandmother, you know, still alive and she grew up through depression. I don't know if any of us have gone through a crisis quite like this collectively. We are positioned for a great touch of God. You are positioned for a touch of God. If you're just honest, then you will turn to him. Renewal is available if we will turn to God. Let me say that again. Like new life, transformation, power, freshness is available if you will just, in your humility, you're already humbled. That's the good news. You've already been brought low. What are you gonna do with it? If you turn to God, renewal is available. But here's the thing, you have a job. You have a job to do. You have a job to do. This is, I wanna help us. There is practice to be implemented. Repentance is not just some idea where you feel guilty and you say, God, I feel bad for what I did or God, I'm sorry. Repentance is an actual change. It's an actual action. Renewal is a result of repentance, but repentance is not simply belief or desire or good intentions. And that's where, that's where the world has it different. You're going to hear a lot of people who are hopeful this year, like, I'm hopeful for a new year. Well, they're just, it's just well-wishing is all it is. But those who repent and turn to God, I believe renewal awaits. This is the promise in 2 Chronicles 7. Look what, look what God says. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, you see the action? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face, you see the doing, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. If you will turn and you will repent because personal repentance brings spiritual renewal every single time. God will not turn you away. He will not withhold it. He, a broken and contrite spirit, God will not despise. If you turn your humility over to him, say, God, I'm humbled. I feel inadequate. I feel like a hypocrite. I feel like an imposter. I feel all these things, God, but here I am. I'm offering that to you. You are set up for a great work of God's grace. Personal repentance brings spiritual renewal. Listen, 2021 is more than just an opportunity for you to make a New Year's resolution. It's an opportunity for you to turn to Jesus like never before and to repent and to step into a new season. Look at how Jesus invites. I want you, I want, this, is, this is my other verse for the year and I'll be meditating on this all through the year, but look at this. Jesus says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. If that's you, good news. He says, I'll give you rest. 
peace. But here's how. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What's a yoke? A yoke is the thing that oxen would put over their shoulders to do the work, remember? Like it's, there's a doing in this. And maybe we've short-sold that. Jesus says, look, rest is available to you, but you have to put on my yoke and learn from me. Actually practice your faith. It's, it's a posture, it's a walk, it's a step-by-step thing. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but it is a yoke. There is a doing. I would hate for some of you today to be tuned in on this new year, this first Sunday of the new year and say, you know, yeah, God, do something great in my life. I want you to do something great in my life, but you to miss it because you didn't put on the yoke and actually submit yourself to God and step forward and get intentional with your faith. Renewal is upon us, but it is on the other side of repentance. Turn to him, be renewed, be refreshed, experience the new life that God wants to purpose this crisis into. Take my yoke upon you. He's calling us to be like him. That's my vision. That's the vision that God's given me for 2021. It feels good to just say 2021, doesn't it? It feels nice. But the vision the Lord's given me is of a people renewed, of a church who are like Jesus. And not just like, let's just get the kind of, those of you who grew up like me in church and you have some baggage about holiness and some baggage about being like Jesus or being a disciple, can we just remove that and just think about the fact that Jesus says, I want you to be like me. Don't think of that. Look, he said, my yoke is easy. When you hear the invitation of Jesus saying, I want you to be like me, don't you hear something heavy? Like, oh crap, I gotta be like Jesus. Like, I can't be like Jesus. No, you can't, but by his grace, you can. And as you step forward in faith, he wants to transform you like him. You get to be like Jesus. Can we just recover that as the best, most hopeful vision for your life? It's not to be a successful executive. It's not to be a great teacher. It's not even to be a great husband or a great wife. It's to be like Jesus. That is the greatest hope of your life, that he actually thinks you can be like him. Imagine being like Jesus for a minute. Just, just imagine it. Make that the vision of your life, that you get to be like him, like full of joy, full of hope, full of peace, full of power, full of, of character, full of courage, full of life, full of grace, full of mercy. You can be that guy. You can be that girl. That's the invitation. Just come be like me. Wow. I believe that's God's heart for this year. You know, for me, there's been a shift. For this season anyway. And I think, I think it's the Lord leads in certain seasons, in certain areas of focus. But, you know, I would say, full disclosure, as I've led King's Church for the last uh, eight plus years, my focus has been King's Church is succeeding if it gets more Christians. It's converts. Let's go, get the, let's go get more people. Let's get more people. Let's get more people. And I, I love that vision. That's a, a godly vision. Check Matthew 28. I mean, we're supposed to, but I hear, really hear the Lord in my spirit say, no, King's Church is going to be winning this year if we get more Christian. Hear the difference? I want to make you more like Jesus, I hear the Lord say. 
Like, I think the church is going to win. The church is going to succeed. If this time next year we have the same amount of people or maybe even less people, but they're more like Jesus. So my prayer for us this year is not a happy new year. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness comes and goes. It's even in the language. It comes from the word hap, which means occasion. I don't want a joy that's occasional. I want a joy that is eternal. And so my prayer for us this year is I want to wish you a holy new year. That we would be made like Jesus this year. That we would think like him, talk like him, walk like him, act like him, touch like him, love like him, forgive like him, move in power like him, like that we would be like him. And that God would renew our minds and flush that, Lord, Satan has robbed the word holy and we need to reclaim that. Holy is not about being some stuffy, you know, so heavenly minded that you know earthly good, To be holy is the most earthly good you could possibly be. It is the most down-to-earth, rooted, real-life thing that you can imagine being, being holy. And I believe this year, God wants to make us holy. He wants to take the remnant of my life, of your life, of King's Church, of His church globally, and He wants to transform us more into His image that we will be more glorious, that he is preparing his bride. Look, his bride is going to be perfect on the day he returns and we are, we are being prepared. God is inviting us to renewal if we will turn to him. So here, here's the deal. My word for 2021 is the word renew. It's the only word I have. It's the word I'm holding on this year. Renew, that God is bringing renewal. That my job is to hold on and to actuate and activate my life under that word and that his job is to do what I cannot do. And so, so I'm gonna, for the next few weeks, month of January, it's gonna be a month where we renew, where we, we, we consider this word and we're gonna talk about renewing our convictions. We're gonna reset what matters most to us. We're gonna pray the prayer of Joshua that says, hey, choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to renew our standards. We're going to set up some sacred places. It's time for the church to have some boundaries. It's time for the church to say, you know what? There are some things that, as for me and my house, serving the Lord means that we're not going to participate in that. And we're always going to do these things. It's time to make some things sacred again. To rebuild some altars. To say, God, I designate this day to you. I designate that time to you. I designate my body to you. I designate my mind. We're going to renew our standards. And then, of course, ultimately, faith is going to rise. We're going to renew our expectations. I believe God has great things in store for those of us who will turn to him. Those of us who will clamp down on our convictions and prepare a place. Those of us who make room, who offer him the remnant, he will bring renewal. And so here's my challenge to you today. Before we pray, I'm going to invite uh, our pastoral staff, anybody in the room who wants to come up and join me on stage. My challenge to you, and maybe put a mask on, guys, and uh, those of you who stay, stay distance and all that. Don't want that internet scorn right now. My challenge to you, church, is this. We are launching 21 days of prayer and fasting. Officially, we're going to begin next Monday. Now, why? Because I want as many of you 
to participate in this as possible. I think it's crucial. This is part of renewing our convictions and renewing our standards is giving God space. So beginning next Monday, we're gonna start this. However, some of you have already started. I'm starting today and that's okay. I want us to go into a time of collective fasting. Now, if you wanna find out more about how all this works and what it all means and how to get involved, I'm gonna invite you to go right now. I know you're all watching online anyway. Go right now to events.kingschurch.cc. Go to our website and you're gonna find a bunch of ways that you're gonna be able to renew your convictions, renew your standards and renew your expectations for this year. If, if you wanna get involved in the 21 day fast, Pastor Greg has produced an incredible guide, a daily guide to help you in your fast as you give something up. You need to choose today. What, do you, what space are you gonna give? What, what things are you gonna set aside so that God can fill? So I'll share what I'm gonna do just in this this isn't to, to, to flex. This is to help you get creative. I'm, I'm going to go with the guideline, that, that prayer where it says, create in me a clean heart. Clean is the word that's guiding me this year. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to go clean in my eyes, clean in my ears, clean in my mouth, and clean with my body. And so I'm going to eat right. I'm going to cut out social media entirely, digital media entirely. I'm going to listen to only things that edify and encourage. So for you, maybe you need to fast food. Maybe you need to fast fast food. I don't know. You need to just choose something today to set aside and set apart so that God can access your life. So go after we're done here, after we pray. I want you to go and I want you to, to get involved. I want you to sign up for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Some of you who are new to our community, you can get on to ready to, for growth track to find out more and educate yourself. So there's all kinds of ways. The Bible reading challenge is happening. My guide for a break, breakthrough year is there. It's a, it's a way that you can set yourself up and be talking to God. This is how I get my annual word from him. So there's so all kinds of tools there. So there's no excuse. You've been humbled. Turn to him. Seek him. The Bible says, seek me and you will find. The promise is you'll find, but you need to seek. And so I want to pray for us. Uh, team, would you join me? Uh, Melanie, you want to come up here and we'll, we'll pray together. I'm going to pray a prayer of consecration today. I want to pray it over your life, over your family. Let's just agree together. So Lord, we just say, uh, as a collective church family uh, represented by uh, several thousand people across the Maritimes, we give you thanks for 2020. We give you thanks for it. Lord, we're already seeing ways that you're using things, even the setbacks and the hardships your word is true and it says you'll cause all things to come together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purposes. So Lord, today, on this new day, on this first day of 2021, this first Sunday, Lord, we seek you. We say we love you. Lord, we give you what's left. Lord, I just even know the people here standing with me, like in their own families, have gone through difficulty this year. Every single one of us knows exactly what I'm talking about, about feeling like I'm less than I was a year ago. But in some strange way, God, I feel like it's more. 
And so God, we just give you what's left of us. We give you the remnant of our lives, of our families, the remnant of our, of our character, the remnant of King's church. We give it all to you. We put it in your hands and we say, Lord, would you bring great renewal now? Would you bring great renewal, Lord? We just, we just declare right now over every household, over every believer, every family, we just say, you are going to be more Christian. You are going to be more Christ-like this year. You are going to be more patient. You are going to be more generous. You are going to be stronger. You are going to be more glorious. You are going to be brighter. You are going to be more intelligent with the mind of Christ. You are going to walk in more power. You are going to see the Holy Spirit move. You're going to be more in tune with the Father and what the Father is doing. You're going to have eyes of the Spirit. God is going to renew your mind. He's going to whisper things into the secret places. He's going to show you hidden things that you've never seen before. So God, we thank you for the promise that we shall be more Christian. Lord, I pray right now that you would, as you have been, would you awaken the appetite in the body, the, a, a desire, Lord, you, Jesus, you promised those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be fed. Lord, I pray you make us hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Lord, that we would see it as such a beautiful incentive that we get to be more like you, that we hear the invitation to take your yoke upon us, that we would walk, we learn to walk in your way. And so God, we thank you for 2020. And now, Father, we pray over every family, every marriage. Lord, we thank you for the marriages that are still here. Lord, I just, oh God, I feel that in my heart right now. Lord, there have been some marriages tested. Maybe there's some stuff that was there that we didn't know was there, but Lord, we thank you for the marriages that are still standing and still together. And Lord, we thank you that you are gonna bring a work of renewal. Lord, we just say more intimacy, more life, more trust, more generosity, more integrity in the marriages. Lord, we thank you for the families that have gone through difficulty this year. And Lord, we just say, would, 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 would each family represent more the family of God because of this new year that we come in? Would, they, would each family represent and be more Christ-like? Lord, we thank you for Halifax location. We thank you for the Charlottetown location. We thank you for West. We thank you for the Valley. God, we pray that these gatherings of people would be more Christ-like through this year. That God, we, we would worship you in more spirit and more truth than ever before. God, continue to remove pretension away. Continue to remove the things that don't matter away. Continue to remove our, our insufficiency and our, the ways that we complicate the Christian life, the, the human engineering away, God, and would, would just real spiritual integrity rise up as you renew us. So Father, we thank you for a renewal. We thank you for fresh starts. We thank you, God, that you are the God of new, that you, Lord, speak uh, something where there is nothing. You speak life where there is death. You bring light where it is dark. And so God, we thank you that with great expectation, we look upon this year and we just declare a new life in Jesus name. Renewal in Jesus' name. Renewal in Jesus' name. You are bringing new life. Lord, renew our expectations today, God. Renew our faith. Give us faith right now to step into another year expecting you, Jesus, to do great things, great and mighty things. We declare right now that you are a way maker, that you make a way where there is no way. You're bringing streams in the wilderness, God. And we perceive it. We perceive it. So Father, I pray your blessing over every family, every marriage, every single person, every individual, every home church, every campus, King's Church. Lord, bring great renewal, Lord. In your church, we pray.
in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, say it in the chat if you agree. Amen. 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 We love you, church. We wish you a holy new year. May you be more like Christ than ever before. May you take these steps. May you renew your convictions. May you set some standards and may you walk this month. Start the 21-day fast. Y'all are fasting? 21 days? You have to. You're employed by the church, so you have to. But join us, church. Start now or start on Monday. We don't really care. Just fast. Let God do his thing. We love you, church. Have a great week.